0: Thank mm-hmm. you. This week, I have been joined by a bevy of people from the Pedal for Parks Impact campaign. Now, the Pedal for Parks campaign is on a mission to protect the UK's national parks. They are promoting the solutions that can help the planet and people through small changes in our own behaviour. So to raise awareness, in June 2021, they undertook a 14-day joggle. Cycle ride now for the uninitiated. Joggle is John Agrope's to land Zen, but when you look at it, it was actually a more of a biothios trip <laughs> from Bercy in the Orkney Islands to Hugh on the Isles of Scilly. It doesn't go quite as well as Joggle, but hold on, that's over water, so we'll come on to that in a second. We have three of these endurance athletes on the show today. We've got Isaac Kenyon, the founder of the Pedal for Parks campaign and, and lead and with the new title of film producer, as we'll talk about in a bit. Alex Piro Piro. I've <laughs> well, got some names here today. Uh, Chief technical officer for the team and also the film producer. Lucas Heitzman. Uh, uh Logistics had a media world record holder, which I'm going to throw in uh just because I haven't had a world record holder before. And just to complete the team, but not on the show today, is Sam Montgomery and Alex Egan. I say the team. The team was actually quite huge. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, very much.
1: Hey, Russell. Hey.
0: So I like to ask an elephant in the room question to kick off. And uh, today it, I've already uh, alluded to it. it started on, ended on islands. This was a cycle trip. How did you do that then?
2: Right. So um, we found out about there was these this sort of different types of bikes, these water bikes that can cycle across water. So they're essentially a spinning bike connected to two fender floats, crank arms, Drive a belt chain, and then that drives a propeller submerged in the water. And uh, once we found out about that, it allowed us to connect the two islands together and extend the joggle. The reason for doing so, there's two reasons. One, it would make it a bit adventurous, of such because there is a few adventurers, world record adventurers in in this room, and we like to spice it up. Um, And also, the other fact is that it allowed us to incorporate some climate solutions from the Orkney Islands and the Isles of Scilly. Now, Orkney is a very, very renowned place for quite a lot of hub innovation in the renewable energy space. And it's yeah. quite an exciting place to be um, if you're interested in, in that sort of energy transition, energy hub, new type of diversified energy, um, way, ways ways of getting energy. So yeah, it, it was it, that, that's what happened and that's why it was there. <laughs> Okay, so, I mean, you mentioned that
0: climate solutions piece and the the intro to your site is about climate solutions. What do you mean by climate solutions? What what were you looking for on this campaign?
2: Yeah, so this campaign was kind of a bit of an impact campaign where we wanted to see through the noise. There's quite a lot of negative press at the moment, X, Y, Z, amount of emissions. Are we ever going to meet the two degrees thing? And there's loads of that going on. And we wanted to shine a light on what people are actually doing, what actions are being taken, what pilot projects are out there, what grassroots community projects are out there that are help- helping people on the planet to reach these, these milestones, these goals. And they're not just getting the press they deserve. They're not getting the attention they deserve. They're completely drowned out by the negativity. And w- what we wanted to do was try and use the, I guess, the shiny adventure to put a spotlight on all of the projects, if that makes sense. And and use the, the journey of cycling um to because it's quite sustainable and eco yeah. to to do that to, to to connect each um project together and um well we hope that with our film that we filmed and um, a little bit more of our podcast series and journalistic reviews and these podcasts that we can kind of shine a light on these um projects.
0: Okay, nice see. So obviously you did this. Is his pedals? for parks or pedal for parks should i say what national parks we got by my by my reading 15 of them across the uk um none in northern ireland come on what's going on there i don't know it's a
2: beautiful place to be should be a national park out there somewhere they're looking to make one They're looking to make Uh, one in northern ireland yeah
0: um (laughs) what why why do national parks need our attention because they're surely they're protected already
2: yeah they are protected already but the pressures of growing tourism, overpopulation, oh, we call it overpopulation, but our population is expanding really fast. Yeah. The infrastructure levels are increasing. The pressures are increasing in these parks. And these are our most valuable spaces for nature and biodiversity. They have sort of the most elongated green corridors for biodiversity. And, with more and more infrastructure being placed in them to feed the tourism aspect, they're under a lot of threat. So we wanted to sort of see how can we work out ways to increase the amount of green spaces. And that was one of our main focuses on climate solutions was how can we increase green space or protect our green spaces with various solutions. And uh, national parks is fundamental to that.
0: Okay. All right. So what what did it take? What, what, what inspired this, actually? I mean, perhaps I could throw that to Alex. What what inspired yeah. this you to get involved?
1: Yeah, me personally. Um, it was the same with the other guys in the group, same with everyone else. We were kind of felt a bit powerless, like not enough was being done. We all love the outdoors. That's what really brought us all together and adventures. And we were kind of thinking, you know, we met. We thought, what? There's so much negativity. There's so... You always hear... All these big um, mainstream you know, projects that are destroying this, destroying that, as yeah. I said earlier. And we, I just, for me personally, I think there's not enough outrage out there. There's not enough people who I feel generally don't really care enough. Yeah. Uh, and you're not, you're not going to change people's minds through mainstream media, you know, through repetitively doing negative reinforcement. So we wanted to show, yeah, there's the smaller projects. There's, there's so much out there. Uh, and I'm not even British, and I still love, you know, the UK national parks. And I also wanted to, to discover more of it. And a lot of us on the project hadn't been to a lot of the places we've been to. Um, and we're just kind of bewildered by how how much good stuff is is actually going on. Uh, and just try and get more people involved. So it was kind of, um, okay, we're fed up of personally maybe not doing enough. Yes. So if we come together, work together, we can do something much bigger than if we all individually went and did things. Um, and that's, that's really why, why we, we got together.
0: And, yeah. And well, what about you, Lucas? Same, same kind of background
3: or? Um, so it is. So I, I kind of joined the project, um, later after obviously Isaac and Alex had set it up. I, I came in, uh, as the project started to de- de- develop a bit, but, um, when, when we first started off, I, I'd, I, I'd, didn't really, you know, I, I've always loved the outdoors and stuff, but I never saw myself as an environmentalist or someone who kind of, you know, I, I hated it when people would leave rubbish on the, uh, on the like trails or something like that, Then I'd never do it myself. I'd never kind of actively think, oh, let's actually see if we can make a difference or just educate people on it. Um, but then joining the project and then as the project unfolded, not only kind of, Getting into a bit more, but also actually seeing how many cool and as Alex said, how many amazing projects there are out there. I also yeah. felt like a bit almost naive, um, as you know, I like to think I'm a, a semi-smart guy, but to to see to realize how many amazing projects are out there that I had no idea existed. Um, and so while I didn't necessarily, you know, for me, I really wanted the adventure side of it. Um, because at at first it was an adventure, but then it it snowballed into such an amazing project. Um, And I think it changed me in a good way, which I I quite like.
0: Oh, that's interesting. So, I mean, that's coming in from a different perspective. Obviously you expect a lot of people coming from an activism perspective. Did you come in from perspective of, this is another great adventure because you've done some pretty pretty wild, extreme pieces of like rowing across the Atlantic.
3: (laughs) yeah it was it, it you know as i said I, I came in fairly early on in the project uh, you know we hadn't had that we didn't have a, a film crew or or anything at that stage um so i was we were going to do a cycle for charity at that at that point um which i you know is kind of right up my alley i absolutely love that kind of stuff and then as it as it kind of progressed i was like, actually this is this is like this is awesome this is like going somewhere and it's such a cool project um and actually learning stuff but in a way where it wasn't, you know, it's not like this typical activism where you're like protesting on the street and setting cars on fire and stuff like that, because that <laughs> doesn't, doesn't usually work. Uh, and obviously not very environmentally friendly either. Um, so, you know, seeing, seeing that you can, uh, you can make a change while, you know, having a good time and, and yeah, having a laugh and, and learning new things.
0: So um, I, mean, I quite like that thought of Alex's there it was that kind of positive um activism but you know still making a noise about yeah uh, 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 about the positivity and not always be about we're all gonna die
3: yeah
0: Go so what, what did it take to plan this uh rather i mean it, it's a thing with many things isn't it you probably work really hard <laughs> on like making a meal or something and in 15 minutes it's kind of gone you had you had 14 days worth of um uh, challenge to do. What 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 was the route to to that fourteen day event?
2: Yeah, okay. I guess it started a year, a year before, and um, where where it really kicked off, and just a, an inspiration. Just I've done quite a few adventures in the past, Atlantic row and things, and it just didn't feel like I was making a lot of impact. And uh, in in a sense that I I, did, I rode for charity, I raised a bit of money and awareness for charity, but it didn't feel like it was a real big impact. For, that would kind of change change things significantly. Okay, and that meant we needed a brand, and that was pretty difficult. So we had to start a brand from scratch, and from that we needed, you know, it's like starting a company. Um, so we we basically started a business, uh, started a marketing campaign, then we brought on about x amount of sponsors to fund sort of the logistics side of things. So we had to raise about thirty. About 30,000 in total um, to pull this off. Um, We had to get water bikes. We had to source equipment. We had to source everything from scratch, from bottom. Uh, We didn't have any of this. Some of us had never cycled before. I had never cycled before this project. I had to learn to cycle. I had to learn how to water bike. (laughs) The rest of the team had to learn how to water bike. I mean, I'm telling you, we started from scratch here. This sorry you compl- never cycled before not 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 like road cycling not, or anything not road cycling but you you know okay yeah I, I mean I, I i had a bike that i used 10 years okay. ago
0: yeah so <laughs> I, <laughs> I had this idea of you starting off on you know
2: training wheels on the back and uh, uh, yeah I, you through I, the park and letting you go <laughs> stabilizers in orkney and then slowly <laughs> yeah. got them off when i was in mainland but yeah no it, everything was a learning curve just from the beginning from the get-go there was a lot of people we had to talk to and we then brought in a film crew and a film production team. And then we're managing that alongside the logistics. And then we're trying to connect and combine all of our sort of connections to bring in climate solutions into this project. So a lot of research, working out who's doing what where, and that's digging further than the usual headlines. That's really going into the depths of Google, trying to find things. And um, then unveiling those things is another whole ball game. getting the permissions. There was incredible amounts of work behind this and it took yeah it took a big big team i think our team was about 20 people in in, in total um, yeah i mean if people uh, go onto
0: your website and we'll put a link on the show page obviously to your website um yeah. the, the list of people is i was scrolling up it going wow this <laughs> was it there was five of them but no actually there's like 25 of them actually to do the job
2: yeah it did uh, we, well we we start the process and then we realize oh dear we we're going to need more people so we were always chasing tail and um, so more, we were doing more work than we could and eventually towards when we got to expedition time right we had the amount of team where everyone was set and we had everything in place and it, it all went very smoothly but it's just yeah getting there was was quite quite a challenge <laughs> and right through the middle of covid Stack a yeah, lot. Yeah. Adding
1: that
0: on top. yeah <laughs> we had
2: so many setbacks yeah. many people marketing budgets oh sorry we can't do this year because we don't know what we're doing next year we don't know what's yeah. going to happen maybe covid will cancel your project i'm not sure oh i'm not sure sorry it was like a lot of that and it was just it was quite heart problem because you're building a film production and that film team needs you know deadlines they need money at this time so your pressure's Start changing, and you're 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 really really working hard, um, around the clock. Oh,
0: I I can imagine, and presumably, this didn't keep you sustained personally. You you have you all got day
1: jobs? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, apart from Lucas, he's a bit young for that still, I guess, but uh, he's, he's almost there. <laughs> be too young. Yeah, we, we all jobs, work we? You know, normal, pretty pretty uh normal jobs, all of us. I'm an IT engineer, I'll let Isaac speak for himself Um, and Alex uh, Egan runs a few businesses and Sal's a pro kayaker so she's always on trips uh, all around. Uh, I'll let Lucas and Isaac share what they do.
2: Yeah I'm an energy transition analyst so I I work on data and in in trying to work out what's going on with the energy transition and uh, supply that data to lots of different businesses so that they can get to grips with how can they best make an impact in reducing uh, CO2 emissions and and things like this.
3: Oh, okay. Right. And Lucas? So I'm a a full-time engineering student, um, but I do do a few little uh, odd jobs here and there. I'm currently in Mallorca, ride leading, uh, so bike-related. But yeah, so just kind of mess around a bit. You didn't Um, row there, did you? No, no, not this, time, not this time. I was actually on the water bike over. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we wondered where that went. We were looking for <laughs> that.
0: Yeah, yeah, how did you get that on the plane? <laughs> I mean, um, so, why why this adventure? I mean, it, it was something. This isn't. You called it an eco adventure. So, why why did you give it that that kind of brand, that title? Uh, and why is it why not
2: a regular adventure like? climbing Kilimanjaro or something <laughs> yeah I guess yeah there's there's a lot of adventures out there where there's quite a lot of I guess impact it that's quite negative at times you know you're flying over to go to climb Kilim, Kilimanjaro aren't you you're flying there yeah, there's a lot of mission there's a lot of things yeah. and you you kind of I guess go there and take a lot from the local environment and you hike up there some people take rocks I did <laughs> once <laughs> I'm, a geolo- I'm a geologist i study geology so i took rocks but um i do i do feel a bit guilty about that um what we wanted to do with this is with an eco adventure it's kind of combining an adventurous activity with environmental responsibility yeah and educating others on the subject so we've, we it's not a real thing I, I i don't think it's a real thing we've just made like a tag and that's what we do and we've just branded it as eco-adventurous. So we've just put stuck like, a label on it. Okay. But re- realistically, we're trying to combine environmental responsibility. We need to behave environmentally friendly in our expeditions um, and do the best we can to leave as little footprint as well as give back. Um, and through the adventure, I feel that we we did that.
0: Wow. Okay. And, and on that
2: point, he says
0: falling over his chair. Um <laughs> Was this an effective method of raising the, the awareness for the campaigns for the national parks? Did, did it work? Did, have you felt that, had that feedback?
1: Yeah, definitely from various businesses. You'll, you'll be happy to hear this actually because I can see the B Corp logo behind you. And I've listened to a few yes. of the episodes, know how much you guys uh, love, love B Corps with Mike. And uh, actually what we did when we first looked for sponsorship was download the directory of UK B Corps. <laughs> and then try and partner with, you know, with them first, first of all, try and get as many similar minded businesses and also, you know, for interviews, learn what we could from them. Uh, yeah. And then that that really helped the fact that we were telling them, this is our list of what we're going to do to try and be as eco-friendly as possible on this cycle, because obviously we're cycling, the rest of the crew wasn't. But, you know, we had um, hybrid vehicles for the film crew, uh, we, lit, we did look into electric vehicles. It turned out to be way too problematic, uh, especially in Scotland, um, you know, in the Highlands. It's a bit, a bit harder. The ranges aren't quite there yet. No. Um, eco products, we had various uh, sponsors who gave us, you know, eco toothbrushes, all the little things. Eco sun cream, eco toothpaste, you know, biodegradable, no nasty chemicals in there. Yeah. Um, tried to eat as much local food as we could. We had some very nice sponsors as well who... Who hosted us and you know gave us food to eat? Sometimes uh, we camped. Everyone camped, so some people had never actually camped before, so that was quite fun for them as well. Just because you know it's this uh, the least harmful way to stay somewhere rather than in the building. Um, so we did a lot of that. Um, we, cal- we had a carbon offset climate partner. We partnered with to carbon offset. You know, the even though we had hybrid vehicles, they still use fuel sometimes, so to yeah. offset that impact. Offset the impact of the film crew, um, of everyone joining us as much as we could. So we had an analysis done on everything we couldn't swap out. And then, you know, they're basically planting X amount of trees to cover, to cover that in the UK, which is great. Um, you know, reused used our clothes. I think Lucas did that quite a bit. So uh, a bit smelly, but, eh, eh, you know, anything, uh, anything to help. We did have eco-friendly soap. So all those kind of things, you know, we kind of had a big, we looked at as much as we could um we think anyways and then that really helped especially when we tried to partner with b corps okay these guys yeah and and they helped us out a lot a lot of the sponsors were b corps who who gave us these products which is absolutely brilliant and you can find them all on our website
2: which is renewable powered
1: yeah renewable powered website as well yeah thanks to our website host solve which is really great so even our battery packs you know came charged um by renewable power as well from another b corp um so i think we did we did pretty well there um and yeah it, going back to the original question it really helped when we approached some you know b corps and other green companies that's to engage to in conversation with them yeah
0: i mean obviously as a b corp ourselves we we, we salute anybody's making that activism move to you know do stuff that i can't uh, can't see myself cycling from a thousand miles from one end of the country to the other i'll leave that to you younger healthier <laughs> uh less chubby uh, versions of people uh but yeah it, it, it's nice to, to have a vehicle to, to perhaps point towards and say hey th- this needs to be highlighted and it, it was really that, that that question is is did you, do you feel you were successful in highlighting the plight of the national parks? I,
2: th- I think we were. We had a lot of support. We had a lot of donations that came in. We also um, got you know, mentioned in lots of different places about the national parks. So a, a lot of the National Parks UK Foundation got quite a lot of awareness out, out of it so far. We've got our film that's yet to be released. And that's where the real, I, I guess, awareness maker and, and impact maker will be. And uh, that, that's that's in a couple of months.
0: Let's 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 talk about that. Then that's called 14 days south Overseas and land yep. by my reckoning. I've got that right, haven't I? I nailed it. Uh, releasing
1: on. Well, we've got the premiere uh, in um, the 28th of October. OK, so in a few weeks, if um, for anyone listening around this time. Uh, and then we've got an online premiere uh, on the 24th of November, I believe, Isaac.
2: Yeah, that's it. That's, uh, that's it with
1: online, yeah, 24 hour premiere with pause.tv. So we'll share some a lot of links for that as well. Brilliant.
0: Um, okay, we'll make make sure we know where that is so yeah. that we can share that as well. Thank you very much. So what what the you obviously set this whole campaign to produce this film? Is that yes. it? It yeah, wasn't it. So the, the whole idea was to raise funds so that you can produce a film. Yes. Can you can you give me some, you know, what what's the <laughs> what's the the juicy, perhaps a juicy bit from the film? What what are people going to see in this film? What are they are going to learn?
1: They're going to see kind of a dual aspect. So we, we tried hard to have about 50, 50 education and, 50, and another the other 50 adventure. So we think that mix works really well, keeps people hooked. It's not just droning on interviews. And we've got some really interesting interviews with projects from the national parks and urban um, town design, for example, that people might not have heard of before. Some really quite, quite I mean, just uh, pretty awesome things being done. And we yeah. cover, you know, we didn't fit every single interview we did. Uh, we've, our film is gonna be half an hour long. So it's very condensed. Uh, but hopefully kind of the aim as well is that it gives people a taste to want to learn more uh, and then they can find out more contact us we can tell them a lot more um, and just you know they can go ahead and research the projects in the film and come to our site see all the other projects Yeah. Um, and we haven't actually got just got the film we've got a podcast as well we're just uh, wrapping up season one so that's another way we can uh, make an impact and get a lot more organizations involved as well it's a lot easier to organize a podcast recording as you probably know uh then you know getting them to feature on our film in our interviews during a two-week window um yeah absolutely we blog. we, we
3: yeah. you were
0: you were pretty well
1: hammering past my
0: back door over here uh <laughs> when, you, when you did your thing but we couldn't actually work out how to how to meet up lockdowns accepted um we're we're well, it wasn't so much of an issue when you did it, were they? So I suppose it wasn't Oh, we had
1: very good luck, yeah.
0: Through, through yeah, you're, you're between it. <clears throat> but yeah, it, it is difficult. What's the name of the podcast? And mind, mind the Green Space.
1: space. Oh, <laughs> Jinx. <Jigs. laughs> mind the mind Green Space. Mind the Green Space, exactly.
0: And what do what, what, what you... So you're interviewing some of the projects on that one again,
1: are you? Yes, yeah. some of the projects, some of our sponsors us some uh, mental health charities like mine for example who isaac's a trustee of uh various various yeah organizations a- anyone who you know about green spaces and mental health is kind of the gist of the podcast so yeah, hey so no i mean that's that's them. an
0: interesting point really is is mental health so how does that is that all part of the you know need to protect these national parks because they can so benefit our our personal well-being
2: yes yeah that's that's correct yeah we that's a little bit of a narrative in the film as well um protecting these spaces is you're protecting biodiversity we are part of that we are part of that biosphere and yeah. as humans we, we do need nature for our physical mental health and i can't imagine being in lockdown for the rest of my life but for real urban everywhere and no green space that would absolutely suck for my mental health <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. Okay. And some of us are very lucky to be sitting in sunshine. I would guess down there, Lucas. Eh? It is yeah. very sunny out here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're in no way jealous in the in this dull fog that we have in uh, in the UK at the moment. Everyone else in the UK, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just all hate Lucas, then that's fine.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow. <laughs> so I hate it with such a cheeky smile. I'm just you, uh, you
3: guys can hate, but I can't hear you over the rain <laughs> in the background. So. <laughs> <laughs> so <good>.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, all the people splashing in the pool. Um, so uh, if there was if there was a, uh, you know, a, a solution uh, that you came across, have you got a favourite or uh, that you all kind of went, wow, this is absolutely amazing. Or, I mean, pick one each if you feel so motivated to be prepared to share.
1: Yeah, you're um, happy for us to share one each. Yeah, go for it. You start, Alex. Go on. Um, up in Orkney, so massive hub of innovation, as uh, Isaac said earlier. There's um, a research center called EMEX, so it stands for the European Marine Energy Center. And basically what they have is kind of a big, almost outdoor lab testing ground for various European projects to come and plug in their solutions. So one of the ones we saw and met someone from is uh, from a company called Orbital Marine, and they have a machine called the O2, that they, you might've heard of, that they um, you know, put afloat uh, in the summer and it's to produce energy using, the, using tidal power. So essentially, it's kind of, um, it resembles a bit like a submarine or plane, I guess, in shape from the top. Yeah. And it's got big, big turbines, a couple on either side of the main body, that just spin as um, the tidal power, you know, as waves, as the firm um, go, go past and produces energy from that. And uh, EMEC enables these kind of projects by basically providing connectivity into uh, the electrical grid there and seeing, you know, going from simulations and from little models, does this actually work in the real world where the conditions are much, you know, so many variables that you can't, even with amazing modeling we have these days, you, until you've done it out in the real world, you don't know if it's commercially viable, yeah. how it reacts, um, how hard it is to actually deploy it all. So that that was amazing. I mean, Orkney itself as well um, was just so quite different. There's a massive, it's got the highest rate of uh, electrical car uptake uh, in the UK, uh, it's got a size for it as well. So it's great that the people embracing that as well and leading by example when they can. Um, and actually, like EMEC and those projects, uh, based on a little island, not the mainland one, but a smaller one, uh, a bit further north. And they actually produced more energy recently than they could handle, that their grid could handle. <laughs> so they actually had, like, the best problem you could ever have. So they're actually looking at, you know, exporting that back to mainland Scotland, wow. and they have to upgrade their electrical lines. Uh, it was like, "Wow, like normally you hear about projects not producing enough, and we're running out, and they actually 've got surplus capacity so and and they explained it so well the guys we we spoke to up there as well were just so eloquent and really good at communicating in simple terms what they were doing, so for me that was that was a big highlight
0: oh brilliant because uh, you can imagine Orkney being quite a nice because it's it's large enough to be a good testing ground it's small enough to not be difficult to you know capture a whole community sort of thing right. so it's, it's yeah that's quite interesting what about you lucas did you have a a favorite uh project it's
3: i tell you what it's tricky to choose just one um but it's i think it's the the little thing or not necessarily little but i guess highlighting the project for example there's um there's places that you can like 3d print seaweed um or there were you know 3d printing seaweed or like making cups and bowls and so almost replacing the whole paper plates and plastic cups and all that with seaweed ones that you can then just throw in the water and they dissolve after three weeks so obviously don't leave your coffee in there for, for several days but it's you know a whole new like industry almost that no one really knows about because no one's or there's no it's quite hard to get it out there but it's something that could save so much waste and plastic and is actually a really good solution, um, so I I think I'll have to go with that one for now. But there's loads more that I could ramble on for for ages. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we don't want uh, to ruin it. We, it, it. we want yeah. to
0: look at your film and watch your podcast. But I exactly,
3: like, exactly.
0: <laughs> I, I like the idea of sweet seaweed because we obviously live in a uh, in a peninsula which is partially coated in seaweed. But so I'm I really yeah. intrigued as to where where we can go with that. Um, yeah. Uh, that cellulose type printing yeah it's brilliant okay what what about you Isaac which would be your highlight
2: oh yeah I uh, both love those projects and the seaweed project uh, the company's called Carrymore, c-a-r-y-m-o-r and they're based in Wales uh, in Pembrokeshire and they they established the first seaweed farm um in the UK just just for farming seaweed just yeah okay. they went through three years of legislation and bureaucracy and they managed it <laughs> it was pretty impressive um, and Orkney is uh, just quick. I wanted to add that it's got the biggest wind resource potential in the world. Biggest. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, uh, yeah, you're going to see it. There's a lot more going on up there. Um, but my personal favorite, I quite liked, um, I guess, the visual of uh, vector group that came to cycle alongside us and how he was... Mike, who was the um, sort of director of the company who came and joined us, he suggested a a vision of redesigning and reimagining how we build towns that focused around active travel networks and green space. Yeah. And now I thought that was very, very interesting because one of the, uh, the frontline issues of our project was the fact that infrastructure and, th- and human activity imposes on green space. And I quite liked how he was describing how we can marry together and how we can connect green corridors through through our infrastructure and just allow it to you know allow biodiversity to still be there and Mm. also focus our entire living and society around hubs so you have your hub in the middle of of a town where we will have all your groceries where your um (coughs) letters the deliveries parcels everything comes to where you go to get um some space for work like office space and things like this and it promotes that connectivity community discussing with each other which is something that we are missing quite a lot in the way we live now where we just drive home and go into our houses a lot of people don't know who's on their street a lot of people don't have many friends close in the community their friends are in different towns and they drive really far to go see them and but this would promote quite a lot of community spirit which is really good for mental health and, and that's that's very important and also active travel networks would mean that one would leave less cars on the road which yeah. reduces emissions reduces demand and things like this and it also means that people can get into these green spaces more accessible and then it would be allowed promotion of schemes like cycle schemes and things like that because you've got a lot of active travel networks that are safe as well so yeah I found that really really in- intriguing and it hasn't well I mean they're, they are trying to do it now at the moment but mm-hmm. it, it, I think for it to be really effective would be I guess anything that's new to be working on the system and then trying to create some changes in the towns that we already live in. I know that's very difficult to do so right now because everything's already built, but it it is really, yeah, it's a really, it's a big shaker.
1: If If I may add something, Russell, as well, that was one of the, there were several of the projects we saw that kind of ideas have been there for centuries and we've kind of forgotten about them and we're going back to them again so like this idea you know that isaac was was telling me about is so true i've got a friend who's a landscape architect and they still have legislation now it's car first and then you add cycle lanes or trees whatever if one there's space left and two there's budget and i mean this you know the idea of having everything in the middle and people meeting i lived in a small village in france that was from the middle ages and that's exactly that's how people used to build villages in the first place and then at some point you know we, we put the car first and we just made it a lot less you know very impersonal Uh, and other projects we saw um, another one that was really amazing was uh, a Banff estate in scotland and they're reintroducing beavers on their estate for flood management Uh, and you know they used to beavers used to do that beforehand you know that's just what they do and then most of them got cold and killed and now we're actually you know just going back to how it used to be
2: yeah and for flood management that kind of thing so it, it it
1: was quite interesting like
2: just beaver's a whole that, new pa- pa- parcel, Alex, that you said, because the beavers were yeah. destroying a lot of the agricultural, which as is well. what, so, so, the far- so the farmers eradicated them. Yeah. Um, but, uh, they're, yeah. They're, they're, that, that one's very contentious, but um, we did, yeah, we saw some contentious stuff as well.
1: Oh, there was definitely some contentious <laughs> projects. Oh,
2: but, but that, that's the problem, but it, it's a
0: balance, isn't it? And I think yeah. what, you know, yeah. in many cases, what, what you're alluding to is the fact that we kind of lose balance because we say it's like with agriculture became intensive because we needed to do intensive farming and monocrops and 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 yeah we've got to do that because the the supermarkets tell us we've got to rip all the trees out of our and turn these giant fields and then if the supermarkets don't want the crop just plow it back in because supermarkets rule man um and uh, and we've we've let that happen yeah. And then all of a sudden we go, you know, we kind of lost balance of here and now. And now the rewilding and replanting yeah. hedgerows
1: and shrinking our... Uh, our we we, our we plant spoke plant. to the um, Lake District uh, National Park Society, the farming officer there. Yeah. She telling us, she's actually a farmer herself. And she was telling us how they got subsidised to keep planting, planting, having more sheep, more livestock, more, more, more. And now they're actually being subsidised to do the reverse and make green corridors and plant more <laughs> it's just you know the pendulum swinging um one way to the other right and it's that was it's just uh, quite well I guess you have to f- see the funny side of it otherwise well, yeah
2: you, um, get, you get really about, upset about it exactly yeah the, the problem with that pendulum is when you take it's very hard to reverse that take it's a lot harder yeah of
0: course yeah absolutely I mean yeah.
2: But they, we've seen
0: time and time again where we you know, they eliminated wolves from Yellowstone National Park, and had a horrendous problem with uh, grazing uh, deer. And so they introduced a pack of wolves, and you know added danger back into the park. All of a sudden, balance is returned by like a set of twelve wolves, I think it was. That that's all it took. And beavers, you know, they, they'll revolution. They'll probably revolutionise the farming in the area who probably been spending thousands on drainage at the bottom of the South field sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, wow. What a, <laughs> I can imagine it was quite a journey just to to pick up from these, because you must've been inspired pretty well every stage of your journey. Every oh day
2: yeah. Oh, bit. every day. It was different and a learning opportunity. Oh, and the amount of people we spoke to as well i think we must have spoke to about a thousand different people it was very hard <laughs> to switch off actually wow yeah it was just insane it really was it was uh most in- it was like the most intensive course that you could ever go on of <laughs> uh, course on on
1: on the things and, and, we, and we just scratched the surface as well <laughs> a,
0: i mean it, that's just the uk i mean the showcase in the uk is amazing we're an innovative country it is uh it is good but across the world I mean, I spoke to some brilliant people in, uh, who are doing some really good stuff, um, and just clever changing the way their business works to, to be a little bit imbalanced. And it might be imbalanced with the community, with the ethnicity, with the um, uh, with with nature. It doesn't all have to be about. And you get kind of lost in the CO two world, don't you? Is everything's about CO mm-hmm. two? Isn't actually. Yeah. Uh, part of the problem is plastic the other part of the problem is pollution from you know ten thousand liters of water for every pair of jeans that needs to be created that kind of stuff is uh is all part of the lack lack of balance that we've got isn't it
2: that's one thing we wanted to bring out is that there are a number of things that we need to work on simultaneously and they're all interconnected there's so these that you know climate solutions for co2 is not the answer to all all of the other mess right so having different solutions for everything and then seeing how you can interconnect and collaborate that that's that's what we were trying to get and in, in the film like a big spread um because we could have easily focused on co2 emissions which is what <laughs> cop 26 has done and um that yeah that's i think you lose quite a lot of everything else and uh, the bigger picture is lost in in that
0: yeah and uh, so let's let's just talk about the future we've obviously got the the you're going to continue with the podcast going to another series of the podcast are you yes
1: -hmm.
0: brilliant and so uh then you've got the film
2: premiering where's it premiering then Uh, in the courthouse hotel in mayfair between 7 and 9 p.m on the 28th of october rememberize that (laughs)
0: okay i (laughs) oh of course you have um (laughs) uh okay well, i won't be able to make that one um and my invoice must have got lost in the post or something but that's fine <laughs> and then out on online november yes
3: yeah yeah 24th, yeah. yeah
0: and uh, on, and so we can look forward to streaming that so yeah we'll, we'll try and get the the links off you so we got in preparation
2: for that that launch that online one is 24 uh, 7 for no 20, 24 hours sorry so it's it's a whole day so you can tune in at any point any in anywhere in the world brilliant okay we we'll look forward to that and then what's next you
0: mentioned cop26 we know that's coming up uh, yeah. and it's uh, sitting right in scotland where you you know, kind of you, you rooted your start of your journey um is uh, are you doing anything with that or are you uh, what what's your next plan
1: well we we're, we're we're hoping uh, we're pretty hopeful that our film you know will be shown there so if oh, it yeah, we will. Thank you very much. Yeah, if, if it's shown there, we'll, we'll take part and, um, and give a talk as well and, and promote ourselves and National Parks UK and other projects there. So we're still waiting for confirmation of that or not. Uh, and then we'll tour the film, so film festivals. So there's already Kendall Mountain Festival we're in. And then we'll start applying to more. So we're aiming for adventure film festivals, ecological film festivals, that kind of circuit and try and promote the film there as much as possible. So that's the next next few months. Uh, and then we start, you know, we're, we're doing speaking. So you can book us for talks, uh, workshops as well. So we've got three different offerings, doing an eco and sustainability solutions workshop, kind of distilling a lot of what we've learned for to help businesses improve the way they do things. A mental health workshop. So, you know, there is a few of us have had quite serious mental health problems uh, and trying to, Share to others, you know, the hope that being outdoors can bring to you, um, that kind of thing that the benefits it has, and how you know outdoors and purpose and adventuring really can get the best out of you. And the final I, one, just yeah. talking really about the adventure, what we did, the water bikes. Everyone loves to hear about the water bikes. So, so that's that's what we're working busy on at the moment, Russell. Really, mostly. Yeah. And then Isaac can tell you even a little bit
2: more. Yeah, yeah secret stuff in the in the distance. Yeah. Um, we we're looking to. Become a community interest company, and uh, you know, maybe even go for B Corp status ourselves, and try and and, and, and yeah, and really try and grow grow the campaign, start a series, maybe go international with this um, climate solutions and and adventure connection. Yeah, go yeah. go big, go big, right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it's no point in keeping your light under a bushel, to quote a very biblical um, phrase. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Uh, <laughs> so uh, before I get on to perhaps testing your, your knowledge on fact and fake a bit, I'd just like to whisk around the, the team and give. I want you to give me one tip that you think people could do right now. Something that somebody uh this listener could just pick up, whether a business or an individual could pick up and go, yeah, you know what, I'm going to do that, I'm going to contribute or whatever. And then any recommendations you might have for people, you know, other things, obviously the film, watch the film when it's out, but perhaps there's other things you can look at. Perhaps I could kick off with Lucas. Is, is that, can I kick off with your thoughts?
3: Uh, yeah, I think... Um probably the, the easiest thing to do is just just be aware of it um i know that sounds a bit like very simple but um you know just be a bit more conscious of okay actually it does the little things do make a difference and you know if if everyone did them if everyone did one little little gesture that'd be seven eight billion good you know Excuse good me. gestures towards the environment yeah so it it can sometimes seem like oh well it's just just one little thing but if everyone does it 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 does add up a lot um you know both ways either for the good way or or the bad way um yeah i think just just be a bit more conscious and aware of what you're doing you don't have to like you know you don't have to go crazy you don't have to like live under a rock or like in the bushes to to be environmentally friendly but yeah just just be a bit more conscious and aware of what you're doing and and the impact that it has um it's probably i know that's a very broad answer but that's probably my, my one no, I, I think that yeah, it, it,
0: i think it's worth reiterating because people can become i mean i think we mentioned it the offset is you can become overwhelmed by the negativity of yeah. the press we're not going to hit two degrees you know it's going to be 2.5 degrees the seas are going to boil and our eyes are going to pop out right and people yeah. got to go what's the point i might as well just Crawl under the particular bush that you referred to and and wait yeah. for it to happen. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, make it make a difference, make a small step. Brilliant. Mm. Do we want to think you could recommend do you think that we we could have a look at or read or
3: consider? Um uh Apart from our podcast and the, the film, um, well, you,
0: you, I'm, I'm quite happy to accept that as it, first one. The, other two, yeah. the other two are going to get challenged because you've taken it. <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'd, I'd just say again, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a broad answer, but just like educate yourself. You know, don't don't always believe everything you see on the internet or online or in the news. Um, just do a bit of fact checking and a, a quick Google will usually answer your question. Um, and there's so it's much.
0: Check your Google as well. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Be, you know. De- again, don't believe everything. But yeah, just just educate yourselves and um, explore. There's so many cool options uh, and things out there. Um, so just just do a bit of uh, snooping around, and I'm sure you'll find some great stuff.
1: Okay,
0: Alex. What's your thoughts on this
1: challenge? Oh, get, get involved. Get involved locally. There's so there's so much going on, especially after 18 plus months of lockdown and being uh, indoors a lot. There's so many community projects. Um, so, for example, in in my council, in uh, Merton Council, there's sustainability in Merton. Uh, get involved in that, and they do big projects. You know, big uh, campaigns. Work with the council, or they do litter picks, small things on the weekend, one or two hours, tree planting. You know, there's loads of that going around, or not just trees, but just planting, renovating public realms. Council websites are usually very good at listing those kind of communities. Yeah. Uh, like meetup.com, there's loads on there. Um, and I use that not just for these kind of initiatives, other initiatives as well, other interests that I'm into. Uh, if, you, if you're interested in it these days, there's a group for it. And surprisingly, Facebook was uh, very good, actually, for, for connecting with people. There's all kinds of groups. Yeah mostly public access them. And there's actually a lot of engagement still, um, even though the platform's been around for a while and had its controversies, but it's still a very, very good uh, resource in there. There's local groups, there's bigger groups. Uh, And then one final thing I can recommend uh, that I did get into during lockdown is webinars. There's a lot of universities uh, just sharing, just sharing knowledge for free and you can ask questions uh, live and get them answered. Various environmental organisations do them as well. So I've been involved in ones about uh, urban mobility and travel. The UN, even the UN, like massive organisations, kind of yeah. just invite a professor or someone, and you know you can ask them a question, which something which you never, you know, previously it would be quite hard. You'd have to turn up to a forum or or travel <laughs> somewhere, and now you know, and they'll just you just type it in when you ask them on the video, and, and you get answers straight away. Uh, wealth it's of information out there, but yeah, mostly you know get outside this it's been a long lockdown for for everyone and and you meet people and it's just so this um get involved in your local community yeah um something something i really enjoyed doing and it has an impact selfishly it's like selfish altruism i guess a bit you improve the area around you and then other people will start caring um and, and that spreads
0: well, I, I mean it going back to to what Isaac said about that that kind of hub arrangement. I am very fortunate. I live in Los With It's a small town. It's got an active town center. It's got the local, it's got all the shops I need. So when it came to lockdown, I didn't have to go to a big supermarket. Okay, I paid a little bit more for my meat and I paid a little bit more for my veg. But it was actually, as it happens, supporting you know, local farmers and local producers uh, uh and you kind of, f- and and OK, you didn't eat quite so much, which is probably not such a bad thing for, for some uh, people like myself. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, the local bit, I do like the get involved locally. I like that. So uh, that leaves you, Isaac, to pick up, you know, to, to round that bit up then.
2: Yeah, I, I, I love both of those answers. Um Guys, they were good. I I think um a lot of people maybe struggle to connect with with nature at the minute. There's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of technology out there separating us from outdoors. My top tip is try and reconnect with with nature. Things you can do: get outdoors ten minutes, and then on that ten minutes that you're outdoors each day, take a look around you. What have you got in your local area? Who is there? What is about in the area? What animals? What biodiversity? Where are the green spaces? Just some people don't really know what what what's actually out there, and then they they kind of rediscovered it during the pandemic when there was like a bit of like I need to get out of this box.
3: Yeah, uh, I'll do my ten minute
2: walk. my one hour walk or day around the block, and I, I found this farmer's field that I love. Um, but <laughs> this 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 is really important in connecting with the message and getting that baseline because then you start to appreciate these spaces once you're kind of utilize them and using them for your own mental and physical health and then from there you can start being like well actually I want to do something to to protect and help these spaces and that that's where I came from anyway and um, they were really really important for my mental and physical health so if you are having difficulties um, with your mental health there's a, there's an answer outdoors you could try and see if that works it worked for me and yeah, um, yeah I, that's that's also a recommendation as well. Um, but the other thing I really liked about Lucas was the fact-checking thing. One thing that you know you, you learn at university, especially in your master's degree, is that everything needs to be vetted. Everything you look at, everything you write about, everything you read, you have to go into it. And then you read about it, then you read about it somewhere else, and then somewhere else, and somewhere else, and you read the contradictions to it. And then you yeah. formulate your own opinion with a lot of data uh, and information. And I think that sometimes can be missed, and people get quite lazy sometimes and just read the first headline that they see and think that's real. Yeah, and
3: um, I, yeah, so just, be... just yeah, just there's this thing called um, the halo effect, and basically, you see something on the internet and it's written by Sky News or or BBC, and they're trustworthy sources, so you assume it's true, but they're also saying you know like wine gives cancer and stuff like that. It's A lot of it is you know there's people sometimes take advantage of the fact that they are they do have a big status and or not necessarily take advantage but the public we can sometimes take things a bit spiritually um when we see someone with a big name say something and that's just it that's fact but it's not always um and you know even the best experts get things wrong and, and things change and New stuff is discovered, so yeah, yeah, just, yeah. yeah don't check so and too.
0: check and double check your sources sources aren't. Yeah, I mean, it's where we started the whole green elephant it was it was eating the sustainability elephant one fact at a time was our tagline, and the whole the whole problem was is that you got told this story. And you kind of went, is that the truth or is it not? And you went and had looked at it and there was another opinion, another opinion, another opinion. And so that's why we end each show on a fact or fake, which is where I'm going to take you now. So I'm going to ask you, uh, and, you know, you can can discuss amongst yourselves briefly as to what you think. I'm going to make a statement and you can tell me whether you think I've modified the statement to turn it into a fake. Or uh, not, and it's a fact. Um, <laughs> and then, on a couple of cases, I've argued with facts on things because, <laughs> hey, every fact may not be a fact. So, fact number one there are 75,330 national parks worldwide covering 4% of the Earth's surface. Is that a
1: fact or is that a fake? A fake.
2: Well, wow. straight in,
0: yeah, no consultation, yeah. I mean, you, I, final answer.
2: Oh, sorry, is that what we're doing? We do, we <laughs> I thought we were in that buzzing game thing, okay, guys. What do you think? Oh, uh, yeah, know. Know. have you locked that in? Oh, we love to talk. You, <laughs> okay. you, 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 I didn't realize go, that. I thought it was like,
0: no, no, it's you again, it's you three against me. Is you know, what's your collective mindset? You set, think is 75,000.
1: The right figure is 4%. Oh, That seems way way too high for me Seventy-five thousand, yeah if you take this what 15 in the uk there's like 10 in france that's a sample size of two that's pretty good um <laughs> if we go for an average of maybe 20 a country there's 200 countries that still seems a whole factor a whole um what's the what's the word i've done physics i should know a whole uh Order
3: of magnitude, that's the ah, one. That's right, order of magnitude, yeah, an order too right. of magnitude or too, too, too high. Okay. Yeah, I, I think
0: it's uh, it's fake as well. Okay. So uh, fake fake is what you're saying?
3: Yeah. Uh,
0: I, it is fake, you are yeah, right.
3: <laughs>
0: fake the wrong way, guys. There's actually 113,000 national parks worldwide, <laughs> covering 6% of the Earth's surface. Wow. Okay. There's
3: there's there's more. Interestingly, there. So I did a quick Google and.
1: um, Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, So so yeah, and basically it's giving me like five different answers. Yeah.
0: It just says that I told you there'd be arguments. Did you take an average?
3: Yeah. (laughs) Well, see, this is the thing. Actually, the the one in bold at the top was four thousand then when you like dig a bit further, then that's, again, the, the snippets of Google are always, please, if you, if you see like a snippet, you know, where it gives like a highlight, read the article, because usually it, it delves into a lot more information and gives you the right answer.
0: Okay, well, uh, fair enough. I, I think we'll take this up with the National Parks UK site. Yeah, let it. Okay, so uh, as you said, there's 15 in the UK. Um, What I found was interesting is 6% of the Earth's surface is what suggested in the fact that I found of the Earth's surface is protected by a national park. Uh, I use the word protected, obviously, loosely because we still deem them to be under threat. In England, it's 9.3% of the land area. Wales, it's nearly 20%. 100%. and Scotland at 7.2%. So I thought that was quite interesting that we're kind of above the world average.
2: Yeah, I think that's uh, fantastic. And we we we've got that. Yeah.
0: Um so number two have you one up? Uh, see what I can <laughs> do. So the largest national park in the world according to my research <laughs> is the Great Barrier Reef Marine Park in Australia. Is that a fact or a fake?
3: That's fake. Think it's it's called cool. it's ever it's something with an e it sounds similar to Everest Everland, uh, yeah something like that and ever Ever something Zeus or something and it's like is it like two hundred thousand square miles or kilometres or something Yeah, then
2: what's the Great Barrier Reef in terms of acreage?
3: I'm not too sure. I'm not yeah, either, and I, I think I'm so sure i so I've think... heard this the like Everland or. Something like ever something is close to Everest because I remember it being like the biggest, and Everest is obviously the biggest land. I I think, uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: Ooh, I, to be honest, guys, I'm really torn because I know that marine conservation areas can be absolutely actually, ginormous, absolutely huge. Yeah, yeah. I'm very yeah, torn here, true.
3: and I guess maybe that Everest was that ever land was just on land, and obviously this is the well, land's biggest.
2: Yeah, and I mean in on land, they're better at dividing things up because there's like clear barriers, like there's a river yeah, that's cut yeah. through here. They can yeah. split up national parks into different quadrants. I guess in the sea, a, a reef is just a big, long, expansive, just one thing, isn't it? So, oh guys, what oh, do you want? Maybe, to shoot? Maybe, who maybe who maybe wants? Do you shoot. want to take a risk? Yeah, let's vote. Let's vote. Do, do you want to go with uh, fact or or let's do a vote? Right, can, I'm going to I'm going to go with. I'm gonna go with so, facts. I'm gonna go with fact. What are the other two Fact.
3: Yeah, I, I think it's fact as well. Actually, on uh, re-evaluation. Okay, uh, okay so,
0: well, it was a good, great piece of reasoning there, guys. Uh, but you're wrong. Ah. <laughs>
2: right. You were right, Lucas. Damn it! Sorry, I convinced you another yeah, way.
0: Yeah. Um, but I, I, the one you're mentioning, Lucas, whatever it is, isn't the one I found. The one okay. that well, I I searched. And, it, and you're going to, those people in Hawaii are going to have to forgive me, but it's the Papahanaumukui Keia oh, okay. Marine. National Park. Oh, so it is a marine one. Okay. Yeah, um, in, in Hawaii. And it's basically you've got Hawaii, the main islands, Maui, and, and that. And yeah. then you've got this massive, great big thing that stretches into the Pacific Ocean. Oh, it's yeah. 1.5 million square kilometers. Wow, oh, that's oh, I was kind of
2: right with the marine thing, but I wasn't right with the actual answer. (laughs) How how long would that
1: take to cover on a water bike? I wonder. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
2: maybe that could be our next our next uh, climate solution. How can we clean up clean up the Pacific Ocean? On the way.
3: Yeah, well, you wanted to
0: go international. It's in Papanahanal Mukaika,
3: the the, the Hawaiian (laughs) one. That (laughs) way.
0: Uh, just quickly, though, I mean, that, that's 1.5 million square kilometres. The uh, Great Barrier Reef is the fifth, uh, 344 square kilometres, oh, 1,000 yeah. square kilometres. Yeah. Then you've got Greenland National Park is number two, Kavango, Zambezi, Trans Conservation Area in Zambia, Botswana, Namibia, Zimbabwe and Angola, so that's half a million square kilometres. Oh, yeah. Phoenix Islands Protected Area. I didn't even know the Republic of Kiribati. I had no idea who that was. Great, and then the Great Barrier Reef, Greenland. Yeah. I know about that, and I thought Arctic. And we had the there's the, the USA kind of pushed the, the size of uh, the Alaska, of course, which is yeah, involved by another USA. But uh, interesting when the Cairngorms is the largest in the UK.
2: Yeah, probably no.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah, if you said that one, we would have got that one. <laughs> but that <laughs> is
0: uh, only four and a half thousand square, four thousand five hundred square kilometres. So I know. I know somewhat is. dwarfed in comparison to the the magnitude of those. Right then, so it's one each. So it's mm. to guys, fact or fake? Oh, peat soils alone in the national parks of the UK contain 199 megatons of carbon, which is more than the forests of the UK, France, and Germany combined.
3: That sounds... We learn a lot correct. about peatlands. That Bob. one sounds correct, actually. Yeah, because the peatlands what was it, like five, five times, times the carbon storage potential? Of trees, yeah. And then... And that in Dartmoor, actually. Yeah, but then how, oh. how much Peatland bog is there compared to forest land?
2: I think it's twenty. I think it's twenty five percent or something of the UK oh, is bog. Is UK is bog, and then forestry is twenty percent.
3: Maybe even less. Quite... Maybe even less than even that. in of...
1: Brussels the other day. I saw a video from Friends of the Earth called "A uh, Hundred Seconds in the UK," something like that. and each second, is another part of the UK, and they said. It was four or five percent. It's covered by peatland. Yeah, that's so it. Much. Yeah. Agricultural land was the biggest at 20 something percent. But then uh, you do
2: five, five times five is, twenty. you know, your, your times in it. If it's five times more, then yeah, percent. so it's more like it's more than, yeah, than treason. Yeah. But with Germany and what was the yeah, other country? Wow. There, big but then, but do, you have, do you have peatlands there as well? Yeah, yeah, but I think we're already to... doing
1: peatlands in the UK, right?
0: Peatlands yeah, in is. the UK,
2: um, the okay. fact is, okay.
0: uh contain more the more carbon than the combined mm. forests of the
2: UK, France and Germany. Oh, right. Mm, how much forestry is in France, uh, Alex? It... <laughs> a bit more than, a bit more than in the UK. Sure, oh, yeah. Talk about wanting the win, guys.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. right.
2: Pulling out all the stops here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um... Uh. Go ahead, what's think, everyone's I, inkling now?
3: I feel like it's a bizarre one. It's bizarre enough that it kind of should be true if we're going off just question logic. But at the same time, the numbers are a bit...
1: Uh, I back Peatland. Pete Pete, Pete's just incredible.
3: Yeah?
2: <laughs> yeah. Go with the heart. I don't know about you guys. I think... I think... Well, I, I'm, a, a I'm up for uh, supporting Peatlands over uh, trees. Just okay, on yeah. an environmental standpoint, you, you I quite like... I'm, I'm going with it because I like it as a climate yeah. solution. <laughs> yeah, we
3: do still need to restore a lot, so... Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm outvoted there anyway. More, so we'll, we'll more's for the future. future,
2: more's for the future.
0: Okay, so you go fact?
3: Yes. Yeah. You're right. Yes! Oh, nice. oh yeah, yeah, I was. Uh. <laughs> um, go uh, on, then.
0: Uh, well, no, I mean, that, that's... Uh, it was... Um, a massive uh amount of peatlands it's 24 percent of the uk peatlands are in national yeah. parks funny enough which is where i got the fact again from the uk national park uh, yeah. and that, that these peatlands store a colossal amount of carbon and no matter i it, it kind of kind of you know, changes your perspective from planting trees to caring for your wetlands um yeah. Yeah. You know, mm. is so much kind of five times more important well um,
1: and, you, and it's so much quicker we found out as well you know a tree from yeah. seedling you know you wait five 10 years. years and then it, you know really starts to have its carbon locking potential peatland so much quicker and, and
0: seaweed,
2: even quicker than that seaweed seaweed as well even yeah. more more carbon store 20 the times carbon, the whole blue carbon and, the, yeah, and the blue, carbon. yeah 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 yeah
0: yeah. amazing yeah. and but then we of course can damage that by straight dredge fishing and dragging it all up off the floor of the sea so yeah. it is a, uh, a a a cacophony of so much stuff i i really enjoyed researching this actually uh it was a it was a great um so i
2: don't mind losing because i love i,
3: I think we level. all
2: won we learned something today yeah, we, we all won, we all won. <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> it's cheesy it sounds cheesy it sounds cheesy, but we all we all learned. We something. We, we all won together. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. That's giving me a pity,
0: but a pity.
1: Well, Russell, you can come onto our podcast, and we'll have the rematch there. Oh, oh
0: right, okay. Yeah, we? that's actually a good shout. Let's do yeah, that. Yeah.
1: Okay, I'm,
0: I'm up for that. I'm up for that. I'd love Round that. Um, love to have you? One more fact that I did find out, which I stunned me really. I suppose, and you know, apart from the new uh, Northern Ireland not having a, a national park, and not, you know, I've been to Northern Ireland. At, a number of times and why <laughs> is it not <laughs> there's this fantastic uh area which should be protected hmm. uh, but the first national park was in 1951 being the peak peak district, uh, district I
2: but scotland didn't have one until i think it was like 1980s something 2002 i was even uh, later wow. That yeah, very, I was, uh, that, I that was good, the man.
0: one fact I kind of went, what? I thought
2: that like, that maybe that was the Wales then.
0: number of games, times, that uh, yeah, Scotland, 2002 was Cairngorms. And then uh, what was it on to the... Uh,
2: Not Lomond, I, would, yeah. like, I guess the pressures weren't as high. Though, the mm, population even, isn't even, as yeah. high. I, in I that guess era, so, in that maybe.
0: but I suppose, it, yeah, the urbanisation even in Scotland. It's creeps. Four million, it's going yeah, to yeah, start, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah and it's yeah. nothing it's not only that it's not necessarily urbanization but it could be industrialization yeah, you know true. taking advantage of peat you know as as many did to cut it for fuel or cut it for uh-huh. putting on their gardens oh, yeah. and things which of course is we now trying to resist guys that was great fun uh, thank it. you
3: very much uh, We really uh, enjoyed.
0: it's been great because we talked so long back in the day when we started all this (laughs) and said hey let's get together so it's absolutely brilliant to get you on the show and i thank you isaac thank you lucas and thank you alex for coming on to the green elephant show thank
2: Thank you very much for having us yeah cheers catch you on the next one